Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Carly Golightly, a donut-loving dietitian and yoga teacher who helps real people rediscover joy with food and movement. Through this series of podcasts, I've been sharing the many fantastic people I've met on Instagram, with Carly being one of them. As I continued to follow her, though, I felt as if I knew her in some way outside of her beautiful food photos, including photos of amazing donuts and her contagious smile. Then it clicked. I did know her. I met Carly while she was a dietetic intern with a friend of mine, and now she is living out her passion by being an RD and a yoga instructor. Carly is full of moxie and has a fantastic view on how we can make the world a happier place with our own mindset and dietitian expertise. Please enjoy my conversation with Carly. Well, I'm excited because I just, you know, we didn't really get to talk a lot when you were an intern because you weren't with me, but I'm excited to kind of hear about your story and how you got into dietetics and the awesome stuff that you're doing now. So yeah, maybe take me back to when you kind of, um, you know, decided that maybe dietetics was a profession for you. So I guess I don't really remember this, but my mom tells me that I was always super interested in nutrition. Like I guess I told her in high school that um, anytime I saw an article or a book about nutrition that I just had to read the whole thing um, because it was so (laughs) fascinating. So I guess um, I've just always been interested. I didn't have like an aha moment necessarily. Um, I do remember going to this like science fair thing in high school that our um, chemistry teacher drug us to. And, you know, it was kind of a boring day. They were like, yeah, women in science, you can be like, I don't even remember. I thought it was boring, but um, (laughs) they did have a food scientist there and she was giving out samples of like Doritos versus an off brand and kind of talking about that. And I was like, oh yeah, this is where I want to be like, the lady with the food. This is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> lady with the food. Who knew that's, you know, like something that sparked your interest in, in yeah. being a dietitian. Yeah, definitely. Well, so when I, you go ahead, I would say, so when you were, when you, after you had that food scientist moment, did you kind of start researching kind of dietetic programs or how did you get dietetics? I guess on that it was a, it was a job. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I probably went home and I was like, hey, so I really like um, food, but I don't want to be this person doing like the research of it. You know, I don't think that sounds as exciting. Um, and my mom is very proactive. And so she was helpful in figuring out because I didn't I had no idea that a dietitian was a job. I, I didn't know any dietitians. Um, I don't think my parents knew anyone that was a dietitian. And so just kind of figuring out, okay, so what is this thing? What is being a dietitian? What do they do? Um, and I thought that sounded pretty cool. And, um, I grew up in Iowa, so Iowa state is the only, you know, university in Iowa that has a dietetics program, which worked out really well because my parents met at Iowa state. So I was pretty much, you know, told since a very young age that that's where I was going to school. So that's your college um, choice. <laughs> yeah, no, actually I loved it though. So it worked out really well. Um, yeah. And then once I got to Iowa state, um, the exercise piece and kinesiology had always been really interesting to me too. And so I, um, got a minor in exercise science and, got really involved in group fitness and personal training while I was in school too. Oh, you did. Were you doing that like as a side, kind of a side thing in your free time? Kind of. local gym? Kind of. Um, so the, the gym on campus, I, I worked there a lot. I worked at the front desk and then I also taught group fitness classes and then did personal training. Um, so it was, like on the side of being a student, I guess. Um, I was always pretty busy. It was really fun. Um, I definitely contribute all of those things to my time management skills now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Trying to juggle all the things. 
But yeah, so that was a really fun piece to add into. Um, I kind of thought about, you know, getting another degree in kinesiology, but I, I didn't think I, I guess that I would go that route necessarily. I always knew I wanted to be a dietitian first and foremost. So it's kind of always kind of your little secondary thing that just complements your dietetics degree. Yeah. I mean, they just go together so well. Um, and it was just really nice. I think, you know, when you're connecting with people from the exercise standpoint, they usually have questions about food and nutrition also. And so it was just really nice to be able to be like, oh, well, I can answer that for you. Because I'm an expert. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then did you get a lot of questions even as a student? Did you have a lot of questions about nutrition? Yeah, I felt well, not in group fitness so much. Um, but as a personal trainer, I did get a lot of questions. And, um, you know, it's hard when you don't have the credential because you can't give out, you know, official mm-hmm. advice, really. But it was nice to practice a little bit with um, just answering basic questions and kind of discerning what information I could tell people to help them and help answer their questions. Um, And I think definitely helped hone my skills and helped me figure out that I loved, you know, counseling the outpatient side of things too. So that made it a little easier down the road um, to figure out, you know, what I liked and didn't like doing as far as working goes. And that's, I think that's, and that's a lot of people don't get that opportunity probably during, you know, undergrad, they get that more as a, intern not necessarily Mm -hmm. undergrad so you were kind of ahead of the game when you were doing that as an undergrad yeah I guess so I didn't really think of it like that (laughs) at the time I guess but um yeah I definitely just had a lot of fun doing that um I've kind of always enjoyed just doing as many things as possible so like within group fitness you know sometimes people would choose one format like um, you know, just the cardio classes or just the strength classes. And I was like, sign me up for everything. Like I want to learn how to do all of this. Um, which I think was also really helpful because, you know, I taught water aerobics and most of those clients were like in their fifties. And so I got to learn how to chat with them and, and figure out what they need versus the more like 20 year olds in my classes and things like that. So that was really fun. Got exposure to all the lifespan, right? Yeah, groups and nutrition needs and fitness needs. Yes, definitely good exposure. So then you, so while you were, so you didn't, then you finished your dietetics degree at Iowa State and you did your internship with Iowa State. Yes, as well. Yes, and Mm -hmm. how did you like your internship and your experience with that? Um, It was really great, which I didn't think it would be in the beginning because. Because like I mentioned, I like to do all the things. And so I had it in my head that for my internship, I was going to get out of Iowa and like do something, you know, really crazy. Um, and then my plan changed and I decided that I wanted to just be done with the internship and not be in school for another year or two. So I did the Iowa mm-hmm. State internship, which worked out so perfectly. Um my parents live in Des Moines and so I ended up getting the rotation in Des Moines. So I just lived at home for free and um, I was done in six months and it was amazing. Um, I had great experiences, great preceptors. Iowa state, you know, is one of the best schools and the internship follows suit. So I was just really happy with everything there and definitely happy that I got done in half the time. (laughs) There is something to be said for that. I think like sometimes when you're just ready to be ready, you know, six months is very doable. And then some people aren't just quite ready yet. So then a longer program is better for people, I think. So, yeah, definitely. Um, And I think, too, it's just kind of what you were alluding to, like how it fits your needs, like length of time, certainly. But also if there's a particular emphasis that you were looking at. I didn't have anything necessarily in mind. Like some of the internships focus primarily on pediatrics or whatever, but you know, I just, yeah. You wanted to, you wanted to do all the things. So I wanted you're to like, do all the things. Do them. <laughs> Give it all to me. Yep. <laughs> you put it all at me. I'm ready. <laughs> 
So after your internship, um, what kind of, where did that lead you? So you said you weren't really, you know, set on one thing, you know, what did you look for? What was your next step? Yeah. So I have always had a really big interest in sports nutrition. Um, that was another one of my little jobs in college. I worked with the football team at Iowa state. And so that was really cool experience for me. And I wanted to keep working with, um, athletics somehow, but I didn't necessarily want to be with collegiate athletics. And so, um, I, I kind of put that off to the side for a little bit and I ended up getting a clinical job in Kansas City. And so I've lived here for the last few years. Um, and that was an amazing first job. Um, I was there for a year and a half and it was inpatient and I was the outpatient dietitian um, a few days a week and I ran the bariatric program. So that oh, was wow. really, really fun. It was the perfect blend of um, you know, responsibilities and, and skills, but I didn't have to like do the same thing every single day. I got to mix it up. Um, and I got to do my consulting, which is my favorite thing to do Mm -hmm. as an outpatient. Yeah. Yes. Did you have one thing that you liked the most while you were at clinical when you were doing clinical dietetics or you just kind of liked all of it of the variety? I really enjoyed, yeah, the variety, um, the cons, the outpatient side, um, you know, the bariatric was a bit of a challenge for me towards the end, just because um, I am definitely a or a, a haze practitioner, um, encouraging intuitive eating and mindfulness, and so the the bariatric group was was a little challenging at times. Which is not to say you know all programs are the same because they're certainly not across different hospitals and groups, but um, you know, just not having the same mentality with my team members and um, kind of the patients not not buying into that idea either. Sure. So the the general outpatients were definitely my favorite. Um, I got to work a lot with diabetic patients, which are you know one of my favorite groups as far as nutrition consults go. And then. Um, you know, weight management, I feel like is something that you see a lot in the outpatient setting. And that's kind of where I really started getting my feet wet with the intuitive eating. Um, I was able, had a lot of freedom and my boss was amazing. So she let me um, create and pilot a intuitive eating program with outpatients. So that was a really cool experience too. Oh, wow. So tell me more about that. Cause that's interesting. Cause I feel like intuitive eating and haze is, is very much more embraced currently. Like, you know, that's something that you probably didn't get a lot in your undergrad and in your internship. And I didn't either. Right. And so for someone to work for someone that's like, Hey, let's try this. That's amazing. So how did you, how did you do that? How did you create that program? Well, and I totally agree. I didn't get a lot of exposure to that. Um, you know, I think we were given the book intuitive eating, and that was kind of it. And that was kind of an older publication yeah. too. Um, and so the, the thought came after reading a few other books, you know, like body kindness, um, and focusing more on, on just the non diet approach. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, to be <laughs> honest, I, I, um, was having issues with, compliance, like people showing up for their follow-ups too. And so that was another reason why I wanted to make a program to make people like have something to commit to. Um, so I kind of just sat down and drafted out like, okay, how many sessions do I think people would come to? Um, how can I structure each session to be like, have a little bit of structure, but still flexibility so that it can be individualized. And, you know, what are the like, key things that I want them to take away because if they're not coming to 10 sessions, like how can I give them important information in three sessions um, mm -hmm. and keep them coming back kind of a thing. So, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of people that, that I participated in and I kind of made it, I guess, on the tail end of when I was working there. Um, so I didn't have, you know, a year to implement it or whatever, but um, yeah, I thought, I think in hindsight, you know, there were a lot of flaws to it, but, <laughs> um, 
it was it was a good Kickstarter, and I think. I guess my mentality now is anything that I create, you know, even if people aren't buying into the idea of intuitive eating or haze, at least they're getting another exposure to the idea. So um, I'm not sure if it, you know, was super successful necessarily for the people, the few people that I part- that participated in at the hospital, but hopefully um, it's kind of a little, you know, bird in their ear. Yeah. And it's a start. I mean, it's definitely a start of, you know, the standard clinical practice that most in that clinical setting follows to even be open to incorporating that in some education. I think that's, that's great. Yeah. And we did have a, um, like network wide meeting shortly after I created it. And so I was able to present it to our other dietitians too. So I'm not sure if, if anyone else, um, is doing anything like that still, but at least they, you know, it's out know there about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So as far as, um, you know, your time there, you learned a lot, you got that clinical experience. And then what was your next step for your, your passion? Yeah. So I was there for a year and a half and I realized, um, I really liked it and I loved my coworkers, but it just wasn't, uh, what was like satisfying, you know, it wasn't fueling my fire. And I always knew that I loved consultations like outpatient. Um, and then I still had the sports nutrition kind of whispering in my ear. And so I decided, all right, if you're going to actually go for this, like you have to start making moves. Um, and so I figured, you know, doing something else that was more consulting or more creative um, would be, you know, just a better skill set for me to learn. Um, I had my clinical base and I was ready to, you know, get a little creative with it. And, and I knew that, you know, by making that program that that was really fun too. So I wanted to be able to create things. So um, I didn't necessarily have anything in mind, but um, the job came up for a retail dietitian position at a grocery store. And, um, it was, it was a great fit. So that's where I'm at now. Um, and I get to do all of those fun things like creating classes and programs, um, but also do, you know, presentations and consultations, um, grocery store tours, all those fun things, um, that I was missing before. And so I think this is a better fit. Just with, and I think that's good to recognize, like, you know, I think it's good to experience different work settings. I mean, there's very few dietitians that stay at a job for 30 years anymore, <laughs> yeah. well, which I think is good. I think it's good that we try different things just to see where we fit. And it's good that you, you know, you did tried one thing and it didn't quite fit, but then you tried something else. And now you're feeling like you're just fulfilling more of the things that you enjoy. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of dietitians start out in clinical. It's, I remember in my internship, people were like, yeah, you have to start out in a hospital, you know, like that's, that's the way you do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I think I, I wasn't really thinking that when I took my RD exam and was looking for jobs, it just kind of happened that I got a clinical job first. But um, yeah, I think there are definitely, you know, some pros I've, in my consultations, I am now very aware of all the medications and lab values mm-hmm. and things like that, that I probably would have otherwise forgotten somewhat. Um, but yeah, I think starting broad and going narrow is, is never a, a bad idea for anyone starting out, especially if you feel like you have interest in a lot of areas, like you want to do all the things and you maybe need to just <laughs> figure out, you know, top five. Top five things. Like, what are the top five things I like? Yes. (laughs) Now, do you, I also, I noticed, you know, we've kind of connected over some mindfulness and meditation and, and you're into Mm -hmm. yoga, correct? And you're doing that. Talk to me about that. Like, you know, how does that fit into your practice and how did you get interested in all of that? Yeah. So like I said, I did a bunch of, you know, group fitness and personal training in college. And then after I graduated, Um, I did like a few subbing group fitness classes every once in a while, but I I went about a year and a half without teaching anything and I really missed it. So I um, had kind of gone through this period in my life 
which I feel like is kind of typical for most people in our in our culture and also for dietitians, but went through this like disordered eating and exercise, you know, part of my life. And coming out of it um, is when I found yoga because I needed a way to move my body in a way that, you know, wasn't, wasn't what I was used to. It wasn't um, going to be harmful to me to go to yoga class. I was like, well, mm-hmm. this is better than, than doing nothing. I can't just sit at home, but it's better than um, what I had been doing. So that's how I kind of found yoga. And then I decided, well, I really miss teaching and I really like yoga. So maybe I should just teach yoga. So I, um, after I moved to Kansas City, I found a studio that was doing the teacher training and I did my 200 hour training through them. Um, and it's really, really complemented who I am as a dietitian and a person. Um, you know, the exercise piece always went hand in hand, but I think the yoga, as far as movement and the the mental side of things, is really helpful for me to incorporate with my clients. Um, anyone who's doing consultations will know that it's never just about the food. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so it's been really nice to have some tools to give clients about, um, like breathing techniques or meditation or just things to reduce stress, um, that I can pull out and, and use to help them, um, that aren't just about, you know, the vitamins that are in their food Mm -hmm. and teaching yoga has been really really great like I think you know I love being a dietitian but there are definitely you know off days or days where you're doing things that you don't necessarily absolutely love but yoga for me um teaching it is I always am excited to be there um like just really sets me on fire that's awesome how often do you teach then I have uh, four permanent classes each week, and then I sub wow. at another studio. Yeah. Oh, you it's are really working fun. all the time. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably don't feel like that's work, though. I mean, that's probably, like you said, it sets your soul on fire, so it doesn't feel like a job. Right, exactly. It's it's really great, and it's nice to have such flexibility. I mean, I can teach a morning class and go to work or go to work and then teach an evening class. So it's nice to, you know, be able to get it all done without a huge overlap. Mm-hmm. So when you are working in consultations with clients, do you, you bring, well, and, and if you're focusing on intuitive eating, you know, working with mindfulness and breathing techniques, all that kind of stuff kind of plays in together. So is that something that, you know, you kind of recommend for clients to do some meditation or take some yoga classes? How does that come up in conversation? Yeah, that's a great question. It kind of depends. I mean, it's all pretty individualized, right? But um, I would say in general, most of the time people will mention something about stress. And that's usually one of the questions that I ask um, in the first consult when we're just kind of getting to know each other. Um, You know, like how would you rate your stress on a scale from one to 10 and talking about, you know, sleep and other lifestyle factors. And if there's something that they're really mentioning often, I can, you know, that's stressing them out. We can maybe talk about that in ways that I can provide, you know, tools that I can provide them to maybe help alleviate some of that stress. Or, um, I do, you know, yoga consultations, privately as well or if someone lives near one of the studios that I teach at um, I always welcome them to that space too Um, or recently so I I live about 25 minutes away from where I work and so um, it's not always accessible so like just reaching out to other professionals in the area saying like I have someone interested in this what are their options um that just happened this last week. I asked um, my yoga community if there were any, you know, studios or private classes, whatever, for um, a client that I had that was interested. So I think just like utilizing your resources too. Um, I mean, it would be great if 
people wanted to come take a class with me, but it's not going to hurt my feelings if it isn't me either. Um, and I, I think, you know, just giving the people options, it's like, I'm not going to be the best fit for everyone and that's fine. (laughs) And, you know, I think that's a hard thing to realize sometimes as a dietitian or just as a professional that you're not always going to be the right fit for every person, but it's good to have a network of people that you can help refer to or help them find what they're looking for. Because ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We want to help people. That's yeah, this dietitian. So I love that you, you help clients that don't maybe live right in your community, but live outside and finding people in your yoga community or in your dietitian community to refer to. Yeah, definitely. Do you, um, when it comes to, like you said, you do private yoga, mm-hmm. do you do private yoga classes and things with people as well? Um, it's not like a regular thing for me right now, but, um, so I'm kind of, I have a, a side hustle going as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not a surprise, I guess, at this point in our conversation, but, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my side hustle is, um, is the, the things that, you know, I've really narrowed down that I love doing. Um, that I don't maybe necessarily always get to do at my job, which are sports nutrition, intuitive eating, and yoga. So um, with my side hustle, I do kind of private contracts with different groups that either want to do individual or group yoga, and then sometimes nutrition workshops or individual consults. Um, So I've kind of been teaming up with like, um, other gyms or fitness studios, small gyms, um, physical therapists and things like that to coordinate efforts for yoga and nutrition. That's exciting. It is really exciting. It, it's, um, sometimes it's a lot, but it's, it's exciting. Yeah. That's the good word. Well, and, and I'm sure it, like you, like you said, a side hustle, it takes, it takes time and you have to do a little extra work. And I think, mm-hmm. I think probably a lot of dietitians are doing a little side hustle yep. in most of their careers. I think that's something kind of that's very common, like you said. But again, it's it's for you. It sounds like it's your passion. It's fueling your fire. It also complements just your everyday life that you kind of need that in your life. Yeah, definitely. And I um, definitely agree that probably for most dietitians, we have something else going on that we're passionate about. Um, and I think there's a lot of things surrounding food or our work that, you know, complement really well. For me, it's, you know, the, the movement piece, but I know a lot of dietitians that are also really into writing or like you have your podcast or, you know, everyone kind of has these things that they can tie in and complement, which I think makes such an amazing, you know, diverse field that we have. It is. And it's it's getting more and more like that, which I love, which that's why I love talking to to dietitians like you who just do other things that complement our profession, because you're right. It's not just about food all the time. The yeah. stress. I think the stress is such a huge thing for people anymore over anything. Yeah, I definitely I think that's, you know, one of the bigger reasons why people have issues with food or their bodies to begin with is they have all these other, you know, factors weighing in on what they should do or how they should act or, you know, I mean, there's food alone. There's so many different sources of information between the media and other people and their friends and trendy diets and, you know, Mm -hmm. other professionals that maybe don't have the as extensive of a, a nutrition background. And it's, yeah, it's exhausting. I can't even keep up with it half the time. I, I know. You get people that come in and are like, have you heard of this? And I'm like, no, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know, I just thought I knew them all. And then someone today told me a brand new one that I had to Google. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> where do these come from? I know. I think I need to do a better job of it sometimes. I'm like, oh, maybe I should watch a little bit more TV or read some <laughs> more magazines or something. Cause I'm just, sometimes I'm clueless. So I feel bad, but. That kind of makes me sad too, because it's so much focus on quick 
easy fixes when really just listening to your body and figuring out what your body needs is the easiest tool you can use. Right. But that's not like, you know, sexy information. That's not, (laughs) that's not, um, what's popular trendy. I think I was thinking about this the other day. I think that the reason, you know, the fad diets are so, um, like popular and appealing is because the rules make them really concrete, right? Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's rules that you should or shouldn't do. And then at the end of the day, if you follow it or if you don't, then there's something wrong with you, you know, like it's not the diet's fault. It's something it's, you don't have enough motivation or willpower or whatever it is, which is really silly, but, um, I agree. But, you know, giving the advice, well, just eat a general balanced diet with plenty of fruits and vegetables, whole grains and lean proteins. Like, no, everyone's kind of like, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That's so true. That is so true. And then they, and then I'm sure you probably get this too. And I've talked to other dietitians about people want their macros. And it's like, yes. macros are, have always been around. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that has not, is not a new concept. Right. <laughs> There's even a, an acronym for it if it sits your ma- macros or whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. And I, and I don't, you know, I think probably like you being in kind of that sports nutrition world too, or, you know, with all the different types of group fitness there is out there, you know, macros have kind of been part of these new kind of group fitness mm-hmm. friends as well. So I get a lot of that on my end, which I'm sure you do on, on yours too, but. So that's, and that's maybe that's a great question to ask you when it comes to working with, you know, like you like that sports nutrition aspect, you know, and you work with other, other athletes, you like the intuitive eating, you know, that's an easy, or that's the thing that you enjoy. How do you use that with your athletes? Um, It can be a little more challenging for sure, because depending on what they're, sport is or how, um, you know, intensely they're going after it. If it's just kind of, so I refer to anyone who's active as an athlete. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're just someone who's, you know, going to the gym or, you know, some kind of regular exercise, then that's a little different. I think they have a little bit more wiggle room in terms of they don't need to be tracking meticulously, um, Mm -hmm you know, their intakes or anything. And that that's kind of an easier sell, I guess, on intuitive eating. Um, but the people that are doing, you know, marathons and triathlons and, and need a little bit more specialized input, um, it is kind of a challenge. I think introducing the concepts while also, you know, giving them what they need to perform um, so that they know kind of when off-season comes, they still have those little, you know, birds in their ears about, mm-hmm. oh, right, like I can, I can eat this and it's going to be fine versus I don't need to, you know, pay such close attention to what I'm, I'm putting in. Um, and I think, you know, there's this common miscon- misconception with intuitive eating where people think, oh, well, it's just, it just means I can eat whatever I want. Which, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of does, but it's, it's what's nourishing and satisfying. It's not 10 packages of Oreos unless yeah. that's really <laughs> what you wanted, you know, like if that's, if that made you feel good to eat. Um, just highly doubtful that it does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, and you know, we were talking about how, the whole concept is, is kind of newer or at least just starting to be a little bit more embraced. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it is really new information for most people and the, just the not focusing on the weight and the numbers piece is like really hard for people to get out of their head. Um, and I think that's hard whether you're an athlete or just, you know, a regular person not that athletes are regular people but <laughs> you yeah, know a little different <laughs> yeah. if they're performing at a high, high right. level right mm-hmm. i think it's difficult for some dietitians to get numbers out of oh their absolutely i mean especially if that's what we were trained right um mm-hmm. even you know i've been out of school about three years now and it's 
still something that I learn. I mean, I learn something new about it every day and I'm by no means, you know, an expert yet. I hope that I am getting there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm learning as much as I can. I think that just, you know, knowing that, that things are always changing and even looking back on, you know, like this time last year, I thought that I was pretty well versed in intuitive eating and mindfulness. But looking back on some of the posts I would put on social media or um, comments that I would make or things I would, you know, journal about, like come a long way, even in the last year, it's, it's a process. And I don't think anyone should expect that it's going to happen overnight with that light bulb moment. But I will Mm -hmm. say that being on both sides of it, that it's so much nicer here. It's like always sunny in 75. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, I think that's an amazing way of looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's good that you for yourself, you know, just as being a human and being a dietitian, realize that for yourself. Yeah. I think, um, like I said, just kind of being open to the idea and knowing that there are so many more things to learn about it. I I think it's really exciting how far it's come um, in the last few years, even, and more people embracing the concept of intuitive eating and just, you know, recognizing your body's cues and paying attention. Um, I think there's certainly plenty of room to go, but Mm -hmm. I think it's really exciting all the the places that we've come. Um, And I have had some conversations too with other Hayes dietitians who are kind of like what you just said, you know, well, I have some coworkers that are dietitians that really don't believe in this or, you know, make kind of snide remarks, even if I I say something. Um, And I think really the best thing we can do is kind of what I said earlier about, you know, maybe we won't change their mind and maybe they won't get it, but at least they'll have another exposure to it. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. Cause you know what? It is. You're right. It's not going to be for everybody, but I think we all need to be open to the concept because it might again, help our customers or help our clients where they are in their wellness journey. And I think that's as dietitians, we need to realize that and embrace mm-hmm. that for, about serving others. And that's what our profession is. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're I don't think good- we need to, yeah. And I don't think we need to like fight about, you know, opinions on different things. Um, I think you and I had chatted a little bit about kind of like this competition theory, right? Like mm-hmm. competition in dietetics is just something that comes with the territory, I guess. Um, <laughs> which I think, you know, it makes sense if you just think about even our, um, the culture that we live in pretty competitive and then undergrad grad school, um, the internship, you know, getting your first job, it's all very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to the, I don't know, there's something to be said for competition with just yourself versus competition with others. I think, you know, competing with yourself and trying to make a better version of yourself can be really positive um, and a really enriching experience. But when we start comparing ourselves to other dietitians um, and trying to be better than them, like not making ourselves better, but just being better than someone else, I think that's when it really gets nasty, you know? Mm, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. And it's, we're on the same team. That's like, <laughs> same team, same yeah. team people. We all, there's a space for all of us. So, (laughs) yeah, it's not an us versus them. It's a we. No, yeah, for sure. So, where do you see, where do you see yourself? You know, what does the future look like for you? I know you're just getting started, but what kind of things are things that you want to accomplish in your career? Um, all the things and (laughs) all the things. (laughs) That's the underlying tone, all the things. Yeah, no, um, I would really like to have my own practice. Um, that's something that I've wanted 
I think since I graduated, I mean, it's been something that's always been in the back of my mind. And I think up until recently, I didn't think that it was as attainable, but I'm pretty determined at this point um, to make it happen. And I think kind of like what we were talking about earlier, you know, picking, narrowing things down. So my new mantra is more narrow, more deep, um, rather than doing all of the things. Just picking the ones. (laughs) Yeah, just picking, you know, the ones that are really exciting and just kind of running with that. Because the truth is that, you know, as a dietitian, we can't be an expert in every single area. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like in yoga, you know, there are so many parts of that, too. And I can't expect to be an expert in every single part of it. Um, So, yeah, I think just picking out the the things that I really enjoy, which, you know, right now are sports nutrition, intuitive eating and yoga. I don't really see that changing, but who knows? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, trying to um, have my own private practice. I think that would be really exciting. Um, I would love to pair up with another dietitian or another, you know, like fitness professional of some kind. I think that would be really fun. Um, yeah, that's those are my those are my big goals. I see it all happening for you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I think if anybody can make it happen, you can make it happen. So, oh. and I think that's good that you kind of you know you kind of said there's all the things, but you can narrow down the things that like like you said before, fuel your fire, and that's what at the end of the day you have to fuel your fire, and you have yeah. to find what you love. Exactly. I mean, if you are doing something every single day that you're just dreading or you're drudging through, you know, that's not going to be sustainable and you're not using your gifts. Like everyone has something that they can offer up. And even if, you know, even if your interests in nutrition were the exact same as mine, you know, you have things that you can offer that I can't even touch and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. I think just remembering that too, that no matter what you pick, whatever is interesting and exciting that, you know, you, you are the boss of that. Like you can do literally anything. You have something that no one else has. That's a very good message. And it's true. Yeah. We're all, we're all on this <laughs> earth to do something amazing and we just have to tap into it. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you, I do have to ask, how do you like living in KC? Uh, I love it. I yeah. mean, my only real complaint is that it doesn't have any mountains. Oh, um, but otherwise, so maybe another step, maybe some mountains in your future. <laughs> I did ask Santa for mountains for Christmas. He didn't quite come through, <laughs> but you maybe know, next year. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask again. <laughs> Keep asking. I bet. Yes. I bet you'll come at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I love it. It's so fun. We have a great um, community here. I feel like, as far as the dietitians that I've met, have all been really authentic um and just great people to work with and collaborate with and then the yoga community is is really expansive here too so i feel just right at home good that's good well i'm sure iowa misses you at (laughs) you probably don't miss iowa but i'm sure your family in iowa misses you on occasion (laughs) yeah that's so funny you say that because i just had my um my Iowa state licensure come up for renewal. And of course oh. I did not renew it. And I no. told my mom that and she said, well, maybe you oh. should renew it just in case. <laughs> There's always that hope, right? right. <laughs> You'll come back, but yeah, it doesn't sound like anytime soon. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> you just come back and visit. It's not that far. Yeah. Right. It's very close. Well, I think we'll probably, and I, it's funny how I say this to all my guests is that I think we'll probably end up doing a part two in the future just to <laughs> kind of see where you're at and what you're doing. So yeah, that'd be great forward to that, but you've answered so many great questions. I'm so glad we got to talk about that today, but you have to answer my fun questions before okay. I let you go. <laughs> so what is your favorite food? Um, so this is, I feel like such a dietitian answer, but I really love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I, you know, um, I don't know if I've had a dietitian say that, so maybe not. <laughs> okay. Well, I think they're, I just think they're really delicious. Um, but I also really, really love donuts. Like I kind of have, 
um, an obsession with donuts. Some of my, one of my other dietitian friends here, we made a Kansas City donut tour with about Ooh. seven different donut shops, and we still have a few left to go check out. But we we bought these books that are um, like donut tasting books, so you can write the date and the location and give it, you know, however many stars. You can draw a picture of it. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think I need that book because I kind of have a donut obsession. Too. Do you? What's yes. your favorite kind of donut? You know, I'm a huge. I like I. I waver between cake donuts and yeast donuts and mm-hmm. just plain and then like foo-foo and sprinkle. <laughs> I just like, I can't decide. Do you have one that you absolutely love? Um, I usually go for an old fashioned. Those are okay. usually, yeah. you know, hit the spot. But so there's a one particular donut place. It's called Voodoo Donuts and they only exist in three places, Portland, Oregon, Austin, Texas, and Denver, Colorado. And I did complete the trifecta last year. It was kind of the highlight of my year. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance to visit Voodoo Donuts, highly recommend. Okay. That'll, it'll go on my list for sure. I go to, I go to Denver. So I guess like that's a place I definitely know that I can start out and then maybe yes. I can be like as cool as you and compete. <laughs> Cause the other two places I want to go to as well. So yeah, they're all conveniently very fun places. Yes. Yeah. And the donuts, that, then that just makes it even better. And the donuts are really, really amazing. You won't be disappointed. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite beverage? Um, I really like ginger. So like ginger ale is really yummy. Um, uh, for that's talking. like trendy now too. Like you can yeah. get like fancy ginger ale. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know it's very exciting over here. Um, <laughs> like alcohol wise though, I'm a big fan of gin and there's a distillery in Kansas, in Kansas city that makes, um, this really amazing gin. It has like 13 different flavors or something. Really? Um, Tom's town also highly recommend that if you next time you're in Kansas city. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna have to come to Kansas city. Yeah. And then I'll just have to consult with you on where I need to go. Let me know. We'll go get uh, some gin and donuts. Oh, I, you know, that sounds like a perfect day. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite scent? Um, campfire, for sure. Um, are you an outdoors? You like to be outdoors. You like to camp. Yes. Yep. I definitely love hiking, camping, kayaking. Yes. That's why you need mountains. I know. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I'm really sad about that in Kansas City. <laughs> You're getting closer, though. <laughs> yeah. Better than Iowa, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite color? Um, teal, I think. Teal. I have a lot of teal things. Do you, do you wear teal? Yeah, and I'm looking around right now. Like, I have two teal coats, different shades. My phone case is teal. <laughs> And I'm wearing a teal shirt. So I think so it's safe to go. say. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you joy in life? Um, connection. And I think in the terms of with myself, for sure, um, making sure that I always feel balanced and that I'm doing the things that are exciting um, and that bring me joy, right? And then connection with my people and strangers too. I mean, clients making sure that I connect with them on a human level too. I think that's the the difference I think between us and other health practitioners too, is that we maybe have the time to make more of a connection. We do. And that, that kind of, that inspires me to really to be more in the moment and connecting with clients because, you do. You that's an opportunity to really relate with them on a personal level, and yeah, yeah. that's a good message. Dietitian, <laughs> it's very important, and that's yeah, one of job. So definitely, well, thank you, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. And um, again, we'll have a follow up with you to see what exciting thing. Maybe you'll be living in the mountains next time. We oh yes, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. 
I think it's kind of crazy of me not to put two and two together when I started following Carly on Instagram. Sometimes I kind of wonder about myself. As an intern, she was talked about quite often as being one of the best interns my friend ever had. And if you don't follow her on Instagram at MoxieMind is her handle, you really should go check out her Instagram feed. She has such a great blend of all things dietitians should be sharing, including real talk about loving your body. I look forward to following her journey and continuing to see all the amazing things that she's doing. My episode today is sponsored by Gnarly Pepper Dip Mixes. I have been doing some experimenting with the Gnarly Pepper Dip Mixes and following their Instagram account for some recipe inspiration. So I tried the onion dip mix and mashed avocado yesterday and it was really good. Super easy guac recipe. And that's a great way that you can use their dip mixes as well as a ton of different ideas. So that's why I love them so much. Head on over to gnarlypepper.com, learn more about their products, and you can also order them there and on Amazon. My website, AnnaElizabethArty.com, is where you can read my latest weekly wisdom blog post, where I share my current adventures, food I am eating, and the music playlist I create for my fitness. I might also include a really delicious Real Deal recipe, and I always like to share with you what I'm loving right now. You will find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with my favorite people. And you can also purchase my book from my website. Please connect with me on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.